Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we're George and James and today we're getting pretentious with Jack Garrett's Love, Death and Dancing. How you doing, James? Yeah, not bad, George. How are you? I'm good. It's raining today as we record this. We're sort of lying, really, aren't we? Because bo- we both were just moaning about how we were. So, Yeah. <laughs> this whole... Uh, I mean, I don't even know. I've, lo- I've stopped counting now. I don't know about you, but uh, it's been a long time in isolation, hasn't it? <laughs> Mate, hopefully soon, though, we'll be able to do this in person again. Yeah, I mean, in theory, we could probably meet up and just do it yeah. at this point. <laughs> and we've got some plans, or at least we've talked about, and I think we're probably going to push to try and do it when we get out of lockdown about filming these. So, yeah, um, create a little space to do it in. Yeah, quite. Our flat, my um, flat over here is looking quite tasty with all its plants Damn now. Tasty. So I think we've got a nice little location we can maybe do some filming. If not, yeah. there might be a record store that we could go and record in in the future, potentially. Maybe, maybe. Never know. I was having a thought the other day, and um, if anyone listening thinks it'd be a cool idea, but... We've basically been thinking about Patreon ideas a bit. I thought it'd be really cool to do a vinyl giveaway for each podcast. That would one be day. cool. Yeah. So the the album that we're talking about, we give that vinyl away to somebody. Yeah, that'd be a nice. Uh, that'd be a nice idea. Yeah, but but let us know what you think of that. I think it's. I think it'd be quite nice. Yeah, George, what have you been listening to, watching, reading, whatever? this uh, uh these past couple of weeks where we haven't spoken to each other i tell you what listening um i was in a bit of a down mood yesterday because i had a load of washing up to do i know that's a <laughs> it's a very real issue but i was listening to a live album by justice called called women worldwide if you want to listen to an aggressive daft punk french house album that's live that's a go-to album go-to album for when you're feeling down about doing washing up yeah um, what about you oh. yeah i've been watching the final season of bojack finally um finally got around to that oh got i need to left. i need to plow through that uh, i do enjoy bojack horseman mm. just haven't watched it in a while it's the right balance of well, I don't know if I'd call it a balance, but the depressive context of the show, it, it it being a cartoon allows it to actually go to some very deep and dark topics. Yeah. Without it feeling too real. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell you one song I listened to that I quite enjoyed. Uh, that I texted you about last week, but you didn't reply. Um, the Hypercolor track by Camel Fat featuring Yanis oh, yes. uh, from Foles. Oh, good old Yanis. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I quite like that. It was yeah. all right. Yeah, it's quite a f- fun little tune. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know why I expected a bit more from it somehow. Uh, it it sort of ends a bit early for me. Yeah, it's only, like I think it's like three three minutes forty around that. It feel like it's building to something, and then it just sort of ends, and you're like, ah, oh. yeah. I'm kind of hoping there's going to be some sort of remix that comes out of it that can be a bit more. Yeah, so something with a bit more because um, it's not that dancey. 
No. Something a bit more weight to it, maybe. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but it's, it's a fun little track. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been... Str- again, as we talked about before, I've been sort of struggling with uh, just knowing what to listen to, really. Um, mm. Just sort of... I think it's just being in lockdown. It's just sort of like... I don't know. You sort of end up listening to all the same stuff. Yeah. And uh, I went through a Stone Roses phase the other day. That's a phase I've never been through. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of the Stone Roses? Um, I brought their greatest hits from HMV, God, probably back in like 2012 or something. Um, just because it was like a fiver. Right. I was like, oh, Stone Roses, they're one of those bands that you should have listened to by now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not bad. But, yeah, just not my cup of tea. So, Jack Garrett. Yes. Love, Death and Dancing, the the new album, only came out um, a few weeks ago. We're sort of... We're on it at the moment. We're doing the new albums as they come out. Yeah. Um, but also giving us a bit of time to reflect on them, to think about them a bit. We don't want to rush into something, do we? We don't want to no. do something straight as it comes out because this is a podcast of thinking about things and reflecting. Um, where would be a good place to start? I guess a good place to start, as always, is our relationship with the artist before this new album came out. Um, mm. So he has one other album, which was called Phase. Phase. Yeah, Phase. Also, he had two two EPs before that called Remnants and Synthesisiac. Um, um, have you been a fan of Jack Garrett? Getting in into Jack Garrett was uh, quite hard, I'd say. Not hard, actually, no. I think the promotion around Jack Garrett initially was very poorly done. Like, I don't know if... I think you you were the same that when you initially heard of Jack Garrett, you thought he was just another guitarist, singer-songwriter. Yeah. So I kind of avoided him for that reason at first. Yeah, I thought he was another Ed Sheeran, sort of. Yeah, Ed Sheeran wannabe. Um, It wasn't until I saw him live at my university that it was like, oh, shit, this one guy does good stuff. (laughs) Live, on stage, by himself. Yeah, it wasn't until I saw Jack Garrett live as well that uh, he made a bit more sense to me. Mm. Um, but then having seen him live before I listened to his album, um, that for me actually had like a negative effect on listening to the album because it wasn't really like how he was live. Um, it didn't have quite the same energy, the sort of... Uh, the like dirty guitar sound mm. that he has live, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you don't, if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, Jack Garrett plays um, a lot. Ev- <laughs> yeah, plays a lot. He but he plays everything on his own, so he doesn't have a band with him, um, or at least he didn't when we first saw him. I don't know if if he will be now. I don't know. Um, but he sort of loops things and samples things and uh, plays it all himself. Mm. Which in itself, very, very impressive. impressive. Yeah. Um, but you, you, were you, would you say you were a fan of the last album? Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic example of good production and good as a as a concept for an album it there's not really much there to it it's it's a very classic 
beginning album, like here's all the songs that I've written that I think yeah. are good up to this point. Stick them on an album. Yeah. Um, but just like his blend of genre and his production style is fantastic on this album. The phase first album. Yeah. Um, which is what got me into it. I mean, I still use the love you're given and, uh, Coalesque, the opening track. I still use both of those as reference tracks for right. what I'm producing. Just because they're so wide and lush. So coming into this album, uh, Love, Death and Dancing, it's been quite a while. Phase came out in Four 2016. Years. Four years. And... Uh, by the sounds of things, Jack Garrett's gone through quite a tough time. He sort of struggled a lot with um, anxiety and self-doubt, which mm. is sort of what this album is about. He's also done it in a... He's also released it in a similar way to how previous episode Hayley Williams released her album in that he's done it in like a series EP. of EPs. yeah. And actually, when you look on Spotify, it is sort of broken up into those EPs on the track listing. So it's... Well, it's a vinyl. Yeah. It's the yeah. thing I've been asking for for so long. Yeah. <laughs> Finally has come to fruition. Because although Hayley Williams has done this, the same, hers is hers feels much more like the the concept. Like we've discussed, it's the it's EP, EP, EP. Yeah. When you're actually looking at this on Spotify though, it's it's one, two, three, four, A side, B side, C side, D side. Yeah. So what were your initial thoughts about some of Jack Garrett's new because so, we've been drip thread this as they sort of have come out and So then... he listened he released Time Mara Return Them to the One first, didn't he? That was uh, the first What is the A side on the uh, album? Yeah. And um this album's I really like it I've listened to it a lot okay um I I'm going in between two minds with the whole overall sound of all of it though between I can it's very busy basically yeah I I think I sent you a text yesterday that it feels really messy yeah but I sometimes I'll listen to it and it feels like the messiness is a nice representation of his self and how he feels and all of these tangents are a way of him getting that across then other times you listen to it and it's just it's a fucking hurricane of ideas just coming at you which I'm sure that I think that's how you're probably feeling more. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like the idea that it's it's busy and messy because that's how his mind was when he was mm. making the record. And I can kind of like get behind that idea. But in reality, I feel like that that's not the reason why <laughs> it is. Like, I don't, I don't know if that, like maybe it is supposed to represent his mind, but in my head it's like, is it just because he had too many ideas and it's just sort of... Yeah. And I think, to be fair, that sort of messy, like, busy sound works better on some tracks than others. Yeah. Um, uh, I think... I'm not a huge fan of Better as a song just because it's not really, like, my... Like I just, I just personally wouldn't listen to it mm. um, a lot, but I feel like actually when he's throwing quite a lot of stuff at that track, it actually kind of works for me because it's got that yeah. sort of energy that's just like pushing it through. Yeah, um, Better was the first kind of single that had me like, oh okay, this is interesting. But then for me, there's a track. It's I think it's anyone. Um, that that track for me as opposed to better doesn't work 
um, when it gets busy because it you listen to anyone and it's actually like fairly contained throughout most of the song. And then suddenly at the end, he's just like throwing a load of shit at you. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like, oh, um, this is going so well. It was like building so well. And then um, I know he wants to have that explosive end, but it just feels too much at the end yeah um, i get a lot of because each each ep he released it was so first it was time plus two tracks and then it was better plus two tracks and each one had an edit for radio for both of the first songs right. time and better and if you're doing a casual and to be honest i think this album would work better if all of the songs were the edited versions right like short concise little three and a half minute yeah bangers apart from maybe um she will lay my body on the stone because that's just a pleasant ballad um yeah but all of the songs sound like going to see jack garrett live but without the energy of watching him struggle to do it live yeah, because actually it's weird, isn't it? Because um, I didn't identify with the first album that much because I wanted that frenetic energy that you got when seeing him live. Yeah. And in a way, he's sort of given me what I wanted the first album to be. Mm. But it's not actually worked for me. And... If anything, it's actually made me appreciate... I ended up going and listening to the first album last night. And... And I liked it so much more than I ever have before. Interesting. Because it's like how you said, the the production, it's mm. so... It, it feels so, like, crisp and clean. And you listen to a track like Worry, mm. which has always been one of my favourite songs of his like live i love it live because he does that amazing guitar solo at the end yeah and it always used to disappoint me when listening to the album version that you didn't get that Mm. but you listen to the chorus of worry on the on the album now yeah and it's like there's there's not a lot going on but it still Mm. really works and it like hits the right places yeah, I think I think what should have been done is a more stripped back version of this album and then him performing the whole album live, recording that and then releasing that as a as a live album then. Cuz if this had the same energy that he's put into kind of his past live lounge sessions and stuff yeah. like that it would feel better. And also all of the songs work really well with the music videos. They work well when they've got that visual energy. Yeah. And I like, actually, I, I really like all of the visual stuff that he's sort of, mm. like the artwork's kind of cool. I really like the logo that he had designed for it. Because it's. I saw the logo. If you look in the bottom left hand corner of the album artwork, it's a J and a G at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the reason why they made it like that is he wanted it to represent not only his name, um, but he wanted it to be a broken circle. Right. So it represents like you have to get out of the cycle to be able to carry on moving forward sort of thing. I think that's what he said. Um, and that's why on a lot of the posters and his emails and stuff, it continuously rotates between uh, okay. the J and the G. So it kind of represents a infinite development of self. Yeah. Which I think is really, just a really nice idea. Yeah. Um, what... What were your thoughts about the album then in terms of 
Uh, you said you really liked it, but you also got... I think we both agreed. Well, like sometimes you said sometimes it feels too busy and then sometimes it, it works for you, so... Yeah, it's it's a fun album. Well, uh, it's not, though. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, I think it's Circles, Doctor Please, and She Will Lay My Body on the Stone. Jesus Christ, they they hit me hard. <laughs> First time listening to Circles, and he says a line. Um, I think it's being 27 without any friends. Right. Just the way he delivers that line is so just... Whew, hits you. But it hit me anyway. It was just like... It was very real. <laughs> and it's a very personal album. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it all makes sense with the title, really. It's love, death, and dancing. You want to dance the album while you're crying, but also with someone that you love. So it does feel, um, and I've seen this in a lot of reviews that have been written, where people are sort of not really into the production, maybe, but they sort of all agree that it's like a really honest album and have sort of praised him for that sort of just mm. being open. He really does like, he doesn't really hold back in terms of his own mental health and all that kind of stuff in the album. I think that's what makes this album so, it's quite an easy album to love, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, because he's so honest and open, you kind of start to admire, even if you think it is a bit busy or you think there's bits that he can maybe have stripped back. It's actually like, but good on you for just putting all of your ideas into it and just putting everything you have into the project rather than risking losing the actual, losing the him in it, basically. Yeah. It does feel like a, a very personal record. And I, I read somewhere, I didn't realise that, because Jack Garrett was, he was supposed to be, he was sort of very much promoted by, wasn't he like BBC Sound of the Year or something? Yeah, yeah for so 2016 he, or 17, yeah. So he was very much like, this is going to be the next big guy. Yeah, he was kind music. of touted to be the kind of Ed Sheeran, Adele, sort of the next big thing. Yeah. And I didn't realise that his album was considered a flop because it only peaked at number three in the charts, which is crazy when you think about yeah. it, like that that's considered a flop. But like apparently he sold about 60,000 copies when it first came out. Yeah. Which again was not considered very good. Which again is also like sixty thousand copies is like, I mean enough. top three, top three in the chart. Yeah, but it was expected to be a Lewis Capaldi sort of thing. Yeah, um, and I think that's why he struggled with. Mm. I don't think he liked the pressure of of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, from from reading what he had said around that time, and like now with this album is that he had spent years trying to get over not doing stuff to be famous he was then getting promised this fame even though he felt like he'd got over it and then when it didn't happen it still struck him i think it made him realize that he hadn't changed like even though he thought he'd got over doing music or arts for fame yeah that promise of success that didn't come still just like made him hit rock bottom. Just like, oh fuck. Because he did, he did like have a, I remember you telling me about this, but he did have a, like he was signed to a record label mm. and was, and was doing like acoustic blues music and then he abandoned it. Yeah. And decided to go and work on the the stuff that he, he does now. Yeah. Um, which is a lot more electronic and synth-based. and um, So he's clearly, 
like he clearly made that move out of like a sort of integrity like I don't want to just do something for the sake of doing something like I, I need to care about this a lot more yeah and then I guess to be suddenly like BBC Sounder 2016 and you know yeah I think he's a good example of what can happen when even if you're doing what you want to do if people put too much pressure on you it will still haze your judgement yeah and like even though he got to top three in the charts with his album he still felt like he failed that shows you the sort of pressure that you get put under I'd love to be able to to talk to him now and ask him because this album came out and it hit number eight in the charts and that that might be because he of the way he's done it where he's sort of drip fed Hmm. an EP here an EP there and then the album but I'd love to talk to him and, and see if if you know if he if he's happy with that if uh um yeah because because to be honest actually i would argue that it being number eight in the charts doesn't mean yeah i i think that's like a great success that he's had all this time off Mm. he's come back with an album that i think by the sounds of things he's like very proud of it's a very personal album and then to still be in the top 10 but perhaps like perhaps it's good that he's like dropped down a bit because yeah. then his music can be more personal and there's not this like pressure on him maybe but also top eight still says people actually want to listen to yeah. you they don't care if it's if it sounds like it should be in the charts yeah that's actually what people want to hear i don't know jack garrett's a very he seems like a very humble man who's just been shat on by an industry that doesn't take weakness very well. Yeah. It's difficult also to judge because of current situations as well. Like, this has been released, bang, slap in the middle of a lockdown and a and, a, and the BLM movement. So it's... Yeah. It's so hard to judge what charts mean these days that's true i do sort of think it is uh, a very good lockdown record actually though it made Um, me feel happy listening to it which was very needed but it's also got that sort of uh self-reflection look inwards that i think a lot of people have been doing while in lockdown even people that would probably never be ones to sort of do that. Mm. I think lockdown has prompted that for a lot of people. And I don't know, it, it it feels actually like, I mean, it's probably not good for Jack Garrett. Like he's, he's probably frustrated of anything that it has come out in lockdown yeah. and that he's not going to be able to tour it for a while. Or, But it to me, it feels like, perfect timing in a way because it's just like this is a lockdown record to me i yeah if this came out like next year and it you had heard jack garrett had made it in lockdown i would be like oh that totally makes sense yeah true i actually feel like i've listened to this album more because of lockdown like because, Do you think you've given it more of a chance than you maybe would have otherwise? I think it's just more relatable because of lockdown. Mm. Therefore, I've been inclined to listen to it because, yeah, I just, while I'm listening to this album, I'm like, oh, I get you, Jack. <laughs> you tell me how it is. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, there's just not... I'm trying to think now of what other albums have come out recently. Um, Dua Lipa came out the start of lockdown, didn't, didn't it? Um, yeah. Um, Hayley Williams, obviously. Hayley Williams, yeah. There's not been anything that's really... Other than maybe Charlie XCX's 
and run the jewels as albums there's not nothing's come out that's made me feel better about lockdown and has jack garrett done that for you for me yeah i heard him say it's a um dancing record for people who don't want to go out to dance which is quite fitting really because you yeah. none of us can go out therefore it's a dancing record for everyone yeah um i think something something that i do struggle with with this record is it's because his last album phase was it was a really nice blend of all genres like you could really hear his inspirations but also how he interpreted those inspirations yeah whereas this album it doesn't have as much variety as i had expected from a jack garrett record it is quite similar all the way throughout apart from something like she will lay my body on the stone which definitely just him and him and a piano for Mm. um it does it does feel quite i don't know say me would be harsh i think but it yeah. feels very much like the same genre yeah which to be fair after listening to the 1975 record is a bit of a welcome yeah true to have a cohesive sound all the way through even if i'm not sure i particularly like the sound on a lot of it mm. at least it's uh, at least it's the same throughout now, do you think that releasing this as two EPs beforehand helped or hindered the record? I think personally, I don't think it helped. With the Haley Williams record, I would say it helped. But I, I personally, I feel like, and and it, and it. And it, it, it's really because I listened to the first two EPs and I didn't really like them that much. Mm. So it put me off the album a little bit. Um, I mean, I think it is a brave thing to do. I, I quite like this trend that we're going down where where people release the EPs and then it produces an album at the end of it. I, I quite like that idea because mm. it does make you think about song placement and all that kind of stuff yeah uh more than sometimes people would necessarily think about it but um i think it can put a dampener on the release on the like the final release a little bit Mm. um it's a bit like when we were talking about the 1975 and they didn't release like an epa ahead of time but they did release about five or six singles before the album came out and by the time the album came out, it felt like we sort of, any hype that had been building for it sort of had diminished. Mm. And it just sort of arrived and it was a bit like, oh. I think the other issue is is also like, and I think this happens for most albums these days. You get the single, another single, maybe a third single, you then drop an album. The hope is then that you tour. Yeah. But the actual, the oomph behind the release of the album disappears. I mean, going back to like Foles, they've kept it up. They're now releasing that remix, three different remix albums after just releasing their Glastonbury documentary thing which comes just yeah. after doing their Rip Up The Roads documentary. Like, it's been a year now since they released the first album. Yeah, but they're still keeping that train moving. Actually, no, it's like, nearly yeah. two years since they've released... The first the first one. Yeah, yeah, part one. Yeah, And they're still bringing content. They're still keeping an interest. They keep reminding me, oh, that's a good album. You know what? I'm going to stick that on. I think I think as well though it's like I think Foles feel very much like those two albums they they've sort of um created a little bit of a world. Mm. And 
they're very much invested in keeping that going. Yeah. Whereas you look at a band like 1975 and they've just released Notes on a Conditional Form and I almost get the impression that now it's out. I mean, it, it, it probably would have been different if they'd been able to tour it straight away. Yeah. But now it's out. It almost feels like it's like, right, that's done. And let's do the next thing. Let's do the next thing. I'm Yeah, I'm interested to see... Because Jack Garrett, I think, has actually... He's laid a nice foundation. This is a very nice springboard album to go, all right, this is me. I've laid it out. It feels like an album for him. It's almost like his rehab album. Yes. Yeah. I've gone through my self-development. He's been talking to his audience. He's been telling people how he feels. I definitely think his approach to his direct fan base has been very solidifying which is great i think his fan base love him more than ever hmm. it's now just how he's going to keep not necessarily the momentum but how he's just going to keep building up off this now yeah it'd be interesting to see if if like we get another jack garrett album like next year or the year after rather than or you know or, or is like it going to be like another another four years until we hear another one yeah because it does feel like it does it listening to this it this could very much be a first album for me in the sense that it feels like he it very much feels like he's starting again yeah and um he's taken it feels similar to um peter gabriel's so album it's like yeah i did all of this stuff but this is me starting on a new path. This is where I'm going to go. In a way, the artwork's almost similar as well, because true. the artwork yeah. for Peter Gabriel is just him on a white background, and the artwork for yeah, true. The Jack Garrett one is him on a white background, albeit with some paint yeah. flickers. But It's got that similar vibe, though. It's like, all right, I've kind of found myself. Here's a style. It's very It's very put together. Even all of the artwork, it's very... It's a very thought through album. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna. He sort of evolved his style from the first album. This mm. album incorporates more of that live stuff. And I feel like he's not gonna go back to how the first album sounded no. now. And he might refine this a bit because I feel like he sort of has to a little bit mm. because, like we talked about, it just gets a bit busy at times. But. Um, I think, you know, the next Jack Garrett album, you could see it being this again, but more refined and, you know, sort of yeah. more honed. Yeah, I'd also be be interested to know what he'll write about. And, yeah. yeah. And it's actually starting to get more difficult, I think, for artists to know what to write about. I well, like if you're approaching an album right now, everyone's kind of approaching the same things. With kind of social media, how connected everything is, it's hard to not just do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. I think this is... A, I'm going to go back to the 1975 comparison mm. because um, when you hear Matt Healy talk about um, notes on a conditional form... He describes it as a really like personal album. It's about himself and it's about looking into himself and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, which we sort of disagreed with because it actually goes on a lot of like political yeah. tangents as well. Um, this feels like an album. Like this feels like how you do an album about looking into yourself yeah. and like like an introspective. Um, you know, he doesn't mm. shy away from. Uh, being quite exposing really yeah it would be hard to see him doing another album on this topic because i i would i would worry about i would worry about him if he did yeah you know? like it, it from listening to this he's got a lot of stuff off off his chest like yeah i don't know how much more he could really sing about 
But then could you imagine Jack Garrett doing a political album? No. He feels very much like he is a, a sort almost a a classic sort of Ed Sheeran type singer songwriter in that way of mm. that he is someone who is he's he's always going to be singing about his emotions well, and his, his experiences. Yeah. Yeah, he's very much a first-person singer-songwriter, which probably which probably comes. It, it makes sense when you think about the first album he was going to do was originally an acoustic blues album. Mm. Um, he's sort of doing. He's still. He's sort of still doing blues in the way that he writes. He's still storytelling his lyrics. Yeah, it's very much folk blues influenced. Yeah, um, but with that sort of more electronic mm. layered kind of sound to it yeah maybe that's what because i must admit this album doesn't sound like many other things it still feels mm. very fresh yeah but almost to a certain extent he's almost because the genre blending feels less sparse it's almost less exciting like he's almost done a better job of making it sound like a new genre that it actually feels less exciting because it's not like oh what's he going to throw at me next it's like oh okay yeah this is just Jack Garrett music now yeah to be fair there's not there's not really anything I can say it sounds like yeah um, I, I can't say I've heard a record like this before really mm um you know like i said in the in the lyrics and and almost sort of as well in the vocal melodies yeah um it it does sound that there's where i can draw comparisons there there's where i can say there's a bit of ed sheeran in there there's a bit of folk there's a bit of blues me and my partner were saying it sounds his voice on this album very much sounds like and Ed Sheeran and Justin Timberlake crossover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is almost a perfect if Justin Timberlake was British, <laughs> that's Jack Garrett's and if, voice. And if you if you layered his if you took his like vocal stems from his uh recordings. Yeah. And like so those same melodies that he sings mm. and put them over a acoustic guitar or like a Justin Timberlake style sort of beat. Yeah. Um, then it would sound very much like one of those things. I think even in the melodies that he's singing, it's like, it is those people, it is those like genres, mm. that sort of pop singer-songwriter genre. Yeah. You listen to the instrumentation behind it and it does feel unique. Yeah. Like, uh, even with all the problems that I have with it in terms of like, it feels a bit busy to me, like, mm. you know, some of it doesn't feel like it gels well enough. Yeah. It still feels very much unique and like, well, I haven't heard. It keeps you in, like, even when you're not really, like, even though I I wouldn't say I, I really enjoyed this album necessarily, mm. but I never got bored of this album. Yeah, I can, I can keep, I can keep listening to this album and I do hear something different each time. Yeah. Like, the amount of kind of Billy Joel vibe piano playing that goes on, but then suddenly it goes into some sort of chic, like, yeah. Noel Rogers guitar-style stuff, but then it goes into a sort of Jimi Hendrix-style guitar stuff. Yeah. While all of this is going on, you've then also got proper kind of trancey house beats going on. So it's it is an interesting album. Yeah. It's just where's he gonna go with it, I think is the That's that's what I sort of worry about for for him. It's just like Well it it's well in one ha on one hand it's worrying, on the other hand it's it's kind of exciting. Because yeah. um, on the one hand I'm like, if he just does this again, are we just gonna be done with Jack Garrett then for like because I feel like you know he sort of, he did this first album, um, maybe it didn't live up to like what 
the industry you're expecting, but I feel like with uh, with music fans, it did very well. Mm. Um, he takes a long time making this album, and like we said, it feels like a bit of a reboot. Yeah, and I don't know if he if he if 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 he releases Love, Death, and Dancing Part Two in a couple of years. And it doesn't feel like it's evolved at all. Are we just going to be like, oh, well, Jack Garrett was fun, but... Is he just... Yeah, yeah. you don't want him turning into just like another, like, nothing but thieves, Imagine Dragons type of situation where it's like, every album's good, but it doesn't change. It's just... Yeah. It just turns into a bit of a moneymaker. Whereas I want him to, to, like, take this and push the limits yeah and refine it and like because i feel like even though i don't enjoy it <laughs> myself personally yeah there's like there is there's you you can definitely hear like the fact that i didn't get bored mm. means that there's like there's something there there's like a magic there yeah there's like gold and he's just got he's got like in my head, he's got to like mine for it and like find yeah the pure gold at the end sort of thing. I tell you what, I'll be interested to see is when he gets asked to do any kind of sofa sounds or strip back piano live sessions or something of this album. Mm. So at the moment, everything he's done live has been him doing all of it and replicating yeah. the songs. It's it will be interesting to see how they come across stripped back and more refined yeah also i'd rather i would actually rather he releases an album i don't like that's very out there and different than him release this again yeah definitely because he is interesting and like you know yeah you do you do feel like there's something kind of unique there and um yeah i i just I wouldn't want him to just r- repeat himself. Get comfortable. Yeah. I must say, I would. I am actually tempted to buy the vinyl still as well. Like, Are you? Yeah. I think. I bet there's a. I bet there's a nice special edition with like paint flecked. Yes, vinyl. it is. It's a. It's oh. a white, white and purple <laughs> splattered vinyl. Nice. But the artwork is gorgeous. Yeah. It all. I, I think, and the the music video is kind of cool where. They were sort of projecting the big painted stuff mm. onto the wall while he was dancing. Yeah, it's. I think the best thing about this album is just how cohesive it is across each medium it's put on. Yeah. The music videos, the album artwork, the music his approach to releasing it it all it all fitted the the topic of the album that is a sexy vinyl i'm just like it is a sexy vinyl (laughs) and i think it's it's an album that's worth listening to i would suggest people to listen to it Mm. it's a nice it's just nice it's just a nice thing also like i said it's it's interesting and, mm. and different and 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 whether you like it or not, you're there's there's something unique about it that kind of will interest you in some way. Yeah, it's a bit of a... and if and if you haven't seen him live, I know you can't see him live at the moment. Yeah, but well, a go on YouTube, look up some live performances of him because yeah, definitely. And yeah, if you ever get a chance to see him live, even if you don't really, if you listen to his albums, you don't really like him. Mm. Um, going to see him live is almost like a completely different experience in terms of just like, you just sort of watch him and marvel at mm. how impressive he is. He's one of few live acts that going to see him live doesn't feel like going to see the same band. It, it's it's a different experience. Yeah. Like going to see The Killers or Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're just going to hear songs that you know 
with a big group yeah. of people. And they're reproduced very, very well. Yeah. And, yeah. I would happily go and watch Jack Garrett by myself. It's not about the people. It's about watching him. Yeah. How he struggles and fights with the songs live by himself and adapts them depending on what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different experience. It, we, we've talked before about live music needing to feel a bit uh, dangerous or like... Yeah. Like everything could go wrong at some point. Yeah. And Jack Garrett is like that. It's sort of like we're watching a man balance on the side of a cliff. I think Jack Garrett sits in the middle between going to a DJ set and going to a live set. It could yeah. all go wrong. And it's continuous and it's intense. But equally, it could all go wrong. And it is like watching a man balance on the side of a cliff. But you're all there to catch him. Yeah, he's, he's also like, he, he gives you a, a confidence as an audience that like, he's going to like pull through and do the right thing. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah, even if it goes wrong, he's going to fix it. And it's going to be not like better. It's not like you're watching through your hands like, oh no, this is this could be really painful. Yeah. It's like, even if it sort of goes off in a different way, you're not expecting it, it's still mm. going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I think, I think we've... Uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's, it's just, yeah, it's good. Well, if you like what you hear, listener, then please do subscribe and uh share us with your friends go and um follow us on our social media channels that are in the description of this podcast and join us next time when we talk about george death grips the money store thank you for listening and we will see you next time goodbye Bye.